Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Today on our broadcast, Student of the Word, I'm going to be talking about two books, the Book of Life and the Book of Works, how that applies to a sinner at the great white throne judgment, but how that applies to us also as we stand before the judgment seat or the reward seat of Christ. I know this sounds fun. It's going to be fun and very educational. Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Welcome back to Student of the Word. Glad to have you with us. We're going to be taking up for probably the next three days, four days. I really don't know how long it's going to take, but we're going to talk about the two books that God has in heaven, the Book of Life and the Book of Works. We're going to talk about the difference between the two and how that God will handle the believers in heaven according to these two books and how God's going to handle the unbelievers with these two books. And those two judgments are literally 1,000 years apart. And when we are taken to heaven at the rapture for the next seven years while the tribulation is going on on earth, we will be going through the judgment seat of Christ. And this is not to determine whether we go to heaven or not. That was determined when we accepted Jesus. It's really, instead of being called just the judgment seat of Christ, a better term would be bema, which is the Greek word, meaning the rewards seat of Christ. But for the unbelievers, it can be a thousand years later at the end of the millennium. When all unbelievers will be brought up before the throne of God, they will have been 1,000 years minimum in hell at that time. And then they'll stand before the Lord and they'll stand before him with the great white throne judgment. The great white throne judgment is for unbelievers. And it's their one judgment that comes between the time that they go to hell when they die and then for eternity are sentenced to the lake of fire. This will stand between those two events to show them as to why they have to go to the lake of fire and why they'll be there forever and forever. And so that's kind of a course of what we're going to be talking about for the next few days. I call this one the book of life and the book of works. Two books. We'll talk about those two books and Revelation. We'll be using that a lot as we go into that. We're going to be starting today with Romans chapter 2. We're going to take a look at verses 1 through 6. And while you're finding that passage of Scripture, let me welcome all you new people that are here. If you haven't watched before, welcome. We're glad to have you here. For those who have only watched a couple, three times, welcome back. For those who have been, you know, listening, watching for a few months, welcome to you. But for those who've been listening for a long, long time, listen, thank you. I'm glad you keep coming back and you keep complimenting and sending letters in and things about how great the broadcast is. And and uh, telling us what you enjoy about the broadcast, and it's mainly the Word of God. And people have told me they've finally seen some verses they've thought about for a long time. And my ministry is to make the Word of God simple and to take what seemingly is complicated and make it simple because that's what I see Jesus doing. All right, Jesus took before the people what was normally difficult to understand and made it very simple. And that's one reason he threw in examples and stories. He threw in what we call parables. And so I like to do the same thing, not with parables, but with simply trying to make it simple so that you can understand it. And so for those of you who've been watching for some time, and especially those who become partners with me, thank you. I'd like to invite all those people who are watching right now to become partners with me. And I know you maybe, maybe you're partners with other great ministers, you know, Andrew Womack and some other ones that are just your partners with. Thank you for being partners with great ministers like that. But I'd like you to ask me, uh, ask the Lord about me, you know, and say, can I, should I be a supporter of him? I'm sure he's going to say yes. 
But anyway, if you become a partner with me, I'm just simply saying thank you for those who are partners, have been for some time, and for those of you who are about to be partners, thank you for hearing the voice of God. And you say, well, I didn't hear a voice of God. Well, then as you purpose in your own heart, you give. So go to my website, bobyandian.com. You'll find a place there for partnership. And thank you in advance for doing that. Let's take a look at Romans chapter two. We are talking today again about the two books. This is also brought out in the book I'm offering on the broadcast and understanding the end times. I know this will be a great blessing to you. At halftime between the two segments of of this broadcast, the announcer will tell you how you can have a copy of it for yourself. Romans chapter two, verses one through six. Therefore, you are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are who judges, for in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. We know that the judgment of God is according to truth, according to those who practice such things. Do you think this, O man, you who judge those practicing such things and then doing the same, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads to repentance, but in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you're treasuring up for yourselves wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God who will render to each, that's unbelievers, from the book of life according to his deeds. This is the book of works. Again, I want to qualify that. Look at verse six, who, that is God, will render to each, and this is the unbeliever, because this is talking about is the great white throne judgment, and he will judge the unbeliever from the book of life, and he'll judge them out of the book of works according to their deeds. Most unbelievers believe their good deeds will outweigh their bad deeds, and they'll be allowed to go into heaven. They believe through their whole lifetime, well, I've done this many good deeds, this many bad deeds. I think my good deeds will outweigh my bad deeds, and I certainly know that I'm better than so-and-so. And we get in this whole comparison trap. And we think because we've been good to our wife and good to our kids and we're not drug addicts and we haven't been in crime and we haven't been to prison. Oh, listen, God's going to treat us much better than other people because he'll see my good works. And so it comes back to this. Most unbelievers believe their good deeds will outweigh their bad deeds and they'll be allowed to go to heaven. They see God as looking at our life much like a judge looks at evidence before him and then passes a sentence. No matter how good the works that you have done, if that's all you're depending on, you will get an F. I Listen, I simply say this. If your good works could get you into heaven, why did Jesus have to come and die on the cross? Because there's none righteous, no, not one. Jesus died, and listen, although millions upon millions have accepted him as Lord and Savior, he would have gone to the cross if one would have accepted him. On top of that, I go a step further. He'd have still gone to the cross if no one accepted him as Lord and Savior. So no matter how good your works are, when you stand before God, you might be better better than this one, better than this one, better than this one. And you'll stand before God thinking, look, all the good things, and God's going to literally lay out your good works you have done, but then point out something else. It still doesn't match the righteousness I demand. The righteousness I demand has only been established and only been accomplished through one person. Only one person has ever lived in this earth that kept everything I asked for, never made a failure. And if you stand next to him, I'll tell you, no matter how good you are, you still get an F. There is no B's, there's no C's, there's no D's. There's only an A and there's only an 
F. You want to get an A to go to heaven? You have to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and that way he will give you his score. But if you reject Jesus as Savior and stand before God with your good works, no matter how good a works you are, you're going to get an F. There is nothing in between. And if you get a 99.999, you still get an F. You have to have a 100%, and the closest person on earth next to Jesus whoever literally grit his teeth and did everything right as far as possible was Saul of Tarsus who became Paul. And Paul said, I came behind in no part of the law. Every part of the law I fulfilled. He said, yeah, I was still the worst sinner that ever existed. He said, thinking I had an A or an A plus with God, I found out something. I only got an F. That's all I could possibly get. He says, and now that I have accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, he says, I am blessed because why now I have and possess the righteousness of God. In essence, when you stand in heaven and God tells you, why should I let you into heaven? If he asks that question and you tell him because I've been so good, he'll say, no, you get an F. But Lord, I went to church. I had a, I was never cheated on my wife. I didn't cheat in business. I try to be the best business person, the best moral person I could possibly be. For example, to my children, my family, and everyone around me, God will still say, it's an F. You cannot do it. And then how can I get into heaven, Lord? If you would have accepted my son, Jesus, his score would be transferred to you. God will take Jesus' score on the, the A plus he made on the cross and give it to you. And once you accept him as Lord and Savior, you'll go to heaven simply because you're going there on his score. You say, but that's wrong. That's cheating. I couldn't do that in school. I couldn't take somebody else's grade. If they'd have caught me, I'd have been flunked out. Listen, on earth, it's called cheating. In heaven, it's called grace. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that A plus that he got is given to you, you F person. The person who cannot make and qualify where God is, I'm simply telling you today again that God gives you the A where all you deserve was an F. God gives you because you do one thing. You opened up your heart, accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. His life is given to you. His Holy Spirit's given to you. His future is given to you, but also heaven is given to you because you accepted him as Lord and Savior. Paul tells us God will judge sinners for their deeds. I ask you a question. The deeds are going to be judged as the unbeliever stands before the Lord. The deeds that are judged, are they good deeds or bad deeds? You say, well, they're bad deeds. All their sins are listed there too. God's going to sentence them to hell for their sins. No, Jesus died for their sins and they're all judged. The book of works we're going to be talking about is filled with the good deeds people has done. And I mean sinners, they're going to have them all lined up. They say, well, why would God list all their good deeds to simply show you that add them all up, they still don't equal what I demand. I demand the righteousness of God and only one person has ever accomplished that. That's Jesus Christ. All your good deeds cannot come near what Jesus Christ did. So that's why Jesus had to come because you and your good deeds can't get you into heaven. The deeds that are judged are good deeds. They are good works and they are good works written in and quoted from the book of works. So God's going to have two sets of books in front of him, the book of works and then also the book of life. Sinners will appeal to God from the book of works. Look it up. I did this. He says, God, you did. 
But God, I was the I was the mayor of the town. I did good cities. He said, yes, it's right here. Yes, you're right. You did. And God, I did this. He said, yes, that's recorded here too. Well, don't I get to go to heaven? He says, no, because this does not equal what I demand. And what I demand is the righteousness of God. You had to have my life, my righteousness. So sinners will appeal to God from the book of works. God will condemn them from the book of works and sentence them then after that from the book of life where their name is not found. When your name is found in the book of life, we're gonna find out that the book of works becomes a whole different thing for you because those two books will still be opened up to us when we stand before the Lord at again, the throne of God where we're there with him and he judges the church. And at the time he judges the church, this again is the Bema, the, the uh, reward seat of Christ where we will be standing before him. So God will condemn the sinner, first of all, from the book of works because all their works added up do not equal the righteousness of God. And next of all, he'll sentence them to hell from the book of life where their name is not found at all. When we get back from the break, we're gonna find out the two books. We're gonna talk about the great white throne judge judgment and the revelation of God in Revelation chapter 20, his revelation to us. And I trust it's going to be a revelation to you of how God looks at us when we stand before him and we stand before him at the judgment seat of Christ. So again, when we come back from the break, I'll see you in just a few minutes. Understanding the end times, one of the most incredible and fascinating doctrines in the word of God will bring us comfort for the days in which we live. The Bible says we are to encourage and exhort one another with the knowledge of Jesus returning for his saints. In Understanding the End Times, Pastor Bob Yandian provides a thorough and exciting study to give you more revelation of these times in which we live. Topics include the seven dispensations, the dispensation of the mystery, the rapture of the church, the judgment seat of Christ, Daniel's 70 weeks, the Temple Discourse, the Tribulation, the Second Coming, the Millennial Reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. To order Understanding the End Times, visit bobyandian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Using straightforward vocabulary and down-to-earth examples, Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. This understanding will allow you to walk in more maturity and stability in your Christian life. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, 
or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. All right, welcome back again. Let's go to Revelation chapter 20. We're going to take a look at verses 11 through 15. And I do want you to order the book on the coming tribulation, the time period in the earth, understanding the end times. It's a great book. I know I wrote it, but it's still a great book. And I've had other people tell me how great and how simple it is to help you understand end times. I want you to get a copy of that book. Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15, tells about what's going to be like for the unbeliever. From here, we'll go into what the believer is going to go through when we stand before him at the uh, judgment seat of Christ or the reward seat of Christ. Revelation chapter 20, let's take a look at verses 11 through 15. Here, John says, I saw a great white throne and he who sat on it from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away and there was found no place for them. I saw the dead. Now this is not physically dead. These are spiritually dead. They are physically dead. They died, but now they are spiritually dead. In heaven, you'll either be alive or in hell, you're going to be dead. And this doesn't mean that, you know, you're just, you know, gone and never, never exist anymore. It's talking about spiritually alive or spiritually dead. I'm spiritually alive, even though I'm in a human body right now. And this spiritually alive person on the inside is going to go to heaven and be there forever with the Lord. If you've never accepted Jesus, you're spiritually dead on the inside. And when you die, you'll go to hell and then eventually stand before the Lord at the great white throne judgment. And from there, you'll be sentenced into the lake of fire forever and forever. And so that's why it says, I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. The dead are the spiritually dead. Those who never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, small and great, simply comes down to those that were, you know, leaders of nations, those that were, that's great and small would be people who just had their nominal jobs, uh, people of notoriety, people of no notoriety, people that are, are famous or somewhat famous, and then people that you probably just knew as a neighbor down the street, and they never had anything outstanding mentioned in their life. So he simply says, people small and great. I want you to notice something. You're status in life doesn't take you to heaven. And your greatness in life does not take you to heaven. As much morality as you might have, as much beneficial as you have, as benevolent as you might be, it says the small and the great were standing before God. They're there for one reason. They did not accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We could say this is what heaven will be like too, because small and great will be standing before the Lord, but they are not dead. They will be living. And whether small or great, as far as natural things are concerned, God's going to have them standing before him because they all accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. There's only one common denominator between heaven and hell. What is that? You accepted Jesus Christ, you go to heaven. You rejected Jesus Christ, you go to hell. And it simply comes back to this too. There's going to be people in heaven that are going to be surprised are there. Because why? You didn't think they ever accepted Jesus. You never saw one hint of Christianity in them, but yet they accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. They will be there. It's going to be shown in their rewards when they're in heaven. 
And now the people are standing before him at this one in Revelation chapter 20 is the great white throne judgment for unbelievers. It says they'll stand before God and the books, plural, were open. Not one book, both books. The books that are open on one side is the book of works, on the other side is the book of life. And it goes on to say, and another book was open, which is the book of life. The ones that are opened up, first of all, the book of works. And the books of works will have all your works ever, good works done in it. The bad works will not be there. Why? Because the bad works were taken by Jesus on the cross. This book is not filled with people's sins. It's filled with people's good works they did in this earth. I gave, I helped at the soup kitchen. I, I went and visited people in prison and all the things. I attended church. They can go down the list of things they have done, but it's called the book of works and it's the book of good works. The good works that are in heaven. Why? Because people fall back on that. Any person who does not know Jesus as Lord and Savior will give you the same story, no matter who you talk to. And that is, believe. I believe my good works will be compared to my bad works. And then that's going to be determined whether I get to go to heaven or not. And I believe if my good works outweigh my bad works, then I'll get to go to heaven. Well, that's not the truth at all. If that was true, why did Jesus have to come and die? Jesus died for the sins of the world and so the evil works are taken away. All that's left in the book of works is good works. And God's going to open up the book of good works and their names are listed. God will say yes to that. Yes, you did do that. They'll, they'll say, but I did it. Yes, you're right. You did this. Here's the date of which all these were done. And God can go down the list of things done and the person can stand on them all he wants. And, and we, again, we come back to it. As good a works as they have done, if they don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, they get an F. And then God's going to open up the other book. It says here, another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works. Now, this is not their bad works. This is their good works because they're falling back on them. And God's going to go right along with them. Yes, you did do that. You did do that. It says, by the things that were written in the books, the sea gave up the dead who were in it. And death and Hades delivered up the dead that was in them. And they were judged each one according to their works. And notice what their works were. According to their works, again, good works, then death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Sinners are judged from the book of works. When their name is not found in the book of life, they are sentenced to the lake of fire. Believers are judged from the book of life. When their name is found, they're rewarded from the book of works. Let me give you this again. Sinners are judged from the book of works. The works are there and God judges them from this. But when their name is not found in the book of life, then they're sentenced to the lake of fire. All the evidence is found in the book of works. And in the book of works, all the good things they have done. And God simply says, this is evidence, but it's evidence to show you that you cannot attain to my righteousness with this book. And then he opens up the book of life. And when their name is not found in the book of life, it is the book that sentences them to the lake of fire. Now we're going to take a look at the believers. Believers are judged from the book of life. God's going to open up the book of life first of all for us. For every believer standing before God, the book of works will not be opened up first because I'm not falling back on the book of works. Unbelievers are falling back on their good works. So God will open the book of works to them as Say, yes, yes, all the stuff you're saying is true, but your name is not found in the book of life. That's the second book he opens up. Flip the thing around, and that's how he handles the believer. First thing that happens is, why are you in heaven? Because I accepted Jesus 
as my Lord and Savior. I do not fall back on my works. I do not fall back on the good things I have done. I fall back on the mercy of God. And God will open up the book of life and say, Bob, your name is listed here. But then he's going to open up the book of works with all the good works done in it. And what's going to happen then? I'm going to be rewarded from the book of works. So both books will be used to condemn the unbeliever, but both books will be used for me to be, first of all, my entrance into heaven forever, but next of all, for me to be rewarded. That's why the second one is going to be from the book of works and again, and the Lamb's book of life. Unsaved mankind falls back on their good works because they reject the work of Jesus Christ. They face judgment in eternity because they refuse to accept his atonement in time. They're not judged for their sins. Jesus judged those sins and sinners are judged for their good works to prove the righteousness is not God's righteousness. Matthew chapter seven and verse 22 and verse 23 say, many will say to me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and done many works in your name? He'll declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you worker who practice iniquity. I want you to notice this is an unbeliever standing before the Lord, the great white throne judgment. And while they can fall back on their good works and many of them, their works actually parallel the works of, an, of the believer. Didn't we cast out demons in your name, done many works in your name? And when we read that, we say, well, how can they do this when they are not really a Christian? Look at this. They don't say to the Lord, I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. They fall back on their works. And if it's possible for a sinner even to cast out demons, they can't get to heaven by casting out demons. They can't do wonders in his name. And even though these are probably false things done by demonic forces, yet the point of it is they try to portray them as spiritual and God say, I never knew you. You don't get to heaven by your works, no matter how good they are, no matter if they parallel Christianity, you still can't go to heaven because you do. You forgot one thing. You did not accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He says they then practice iniquity. One book, the book of works, keeps the sinner out of heaven. The other, when the book of life sends them to hell and then later on the lake of fire. One book, that's the book of life, lets us into heaven, but the other book, the book of works, gives us eternal rewards in heaven. Are we made righteous by works? The answer is absolutely no, absolutely not. Romans chapter four, verses one through five says this, what will we then say about Abraham our father as regarding the flesh is found? If Abraham were justified by works, he would have good reason to boast. Where would he boast? Before men, but not before God. What does the scripture say? And now we have a quote from Genesis 15 and verse six. Abraham believed God, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, the reward is not counted as grace, but as a debt. This is not sins, this is good works. To him who produces good works, the reward is not counted as grace, but as a debt. But to him who does not fall back on his good works, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted to him for righteousness. Faith made Abraham righteous, before God. 
Grace made Abraham righteous without good works, but is works a bad word? The answer is absolutely no. Works is not a bad word. You cannot find one scripture defining one kind of works and make all others fit it. I know there's scriptures that tell us we're not saved by works, but then you can't go find the word works everywhere and put it under the same category because there's different types of works. When we come back for the next broadcast, I'm going to be taking up do works fit into the Christian life? The answer is absolutely yes. There's a wonderful place for works and doing works under those wonderful circumstances for the right moment bring us as Christians rewards in heaven. I don't want to just go to heaven. I want to go to heaven in grand style. You mean what? What do you mean by that? I want to go to heaven and have rewards up there. Well, you, that just sounds like you're just being carnal, like you're just being, you just want these things for you. No, I want them because there'll be rewards from God for me. For while I was down here, I put other people first. I gave to the ministry of God. I supported missionaries, went to church, witnessed for Jesus. These are the types of things that God is looking for. And we'll be taking those things up in the next broadcast. I will see you then. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.